I'm Shanna Covey, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. Before jumping in, just want to apologize for today's audio quality. We had a couple technical difficulties, but we're ironing all that out so future podcasts will sound super nice and super crisp. Please jump in and have a listen because it's still very much worth your while. Today on the podcast, I have my old friend, Sean Patrick. Sean and I actually met back in 2005. I don't know if you knew that, but it was 2005, and we were in the same martial arts training called We Trained in Wing Chun. And actually, you worked with my brother first, and he, and you told him about Wing Chun, and then, so y'all did it before 2005, but that's just when I came into the picture. Yeah. And my brother basically was like, I had expressed that I wanted to travel, and he's like, well, I think you need to learn this, so you like to feel more protected. And I was not someone who, grew up playing sports, I rodeoed, but I didn't do any sports in school, so me saying yes to that was quite interesting, and I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. And so it was three years, like we, we met up three times a week and trained for three years, yeah. and it was just so incredible. I was often the only girl, yeah. and all of y'all were so good, made me feel like so comfortable in the class. I didn't, even if you got paired up with me, it wasn't like, ah, we got the girl. No, it was, y'all were so, so good. I think y'all wanted the same thing my brother wanted, was just that yeah. I would be able to protect myself should anything like that occur. Absolutely. And about three years later, the it got disbanded. Our instructor, kind of his life picked up speed in new ways, and we all just kind of went in different directions as well. Yeah. And I've been thanking us for Facebook because we've been able to stay in touch over like seeing everything unfold for the last 10 plus years. Yeah. I've been, I'm just so excited to talk to you today because what you're doing today, I feel like when we were, and back in 2005, we were in our mid-20s, I was fumbling trying to find my purpose. I didn't have the messages that I'm sharing now. I don't know, you weren't attached to the message that you're sharing now. No, definitely not. No. <laughs> so that's what I'm really excited to, first let me just lay it out, that what Sean is doing. So over the last 10 years, like you went off to school, like you hadn't graduated yet, and now, like in those ensuing years, you ended up not only getting your bachelor's, but you went on and became a counselor, a therapist. I don't know the proper words for them, but I know that it's, yeah. say it fully yeah, if you a, want. It's a li- here in Montana, it's a licensed clinical professional counselor. Okay. It's an LCPC. Okay, okay. So, and you, and then you went to the Northeast. Was that part of your schooling in the Northeast, or was that? So I, I did. So I finished my master's degree at Texas A&M, and then after that, I went. I, I went for three years of a doctorate. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and then I figured out it really wasn't for me. The program, it oh, just wasn't a good fit. Oh, okay, okay. And so, but I was working in uh, East Hampton, Massachusetts, and Northampton, and also Springfield, Massachusetts. Okay. So how many years were you up there? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. And then you found your way to Kalispell, Montana, which is where we are right now in yes. beautiful Kalispell, recording in his office, which you have started a company called Evoke Changes, which combines your two passion or two of your passions, which is being an outdoorsman yep. as well as the counseling therapist side, yes. where you work with people in uh, take it, there's trips involved, like you have like 
three different bases. You're here in Montana, mm -hmm. you're in Texas where we're both from, mm -hmm. as well as Thailand. Yes. And we'll get into like what all that means in terms of like trips, like what, or let's just get into it now. The combination okay. of outdoors and therapy, wilderness therapy, that's a different word, right? That's not yeah. exactly it. Well, it? it's kind of the same thing. So I, I call it adventure therapy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And so, let's see, how I ended up in Kalispell was um, I was living in Massachusetts and I was thinking about going back to Texas, actually. Oh. And so I had some downtime because I just had knee surgery. Mm -hmm. And um, I was looking on the APA website for jobs and a friend of mine told me to look in Montana. She said, everything that you love is in Montana. Mm -hmm. She was like, the outdoors and, and yeah, she just said, it's just a beautiful place. And so I looked, and there was one job on the, on the website. Mm -hmm. And I read it, and I was like, nah, this isn't a real job. <laughs> I was like, there's, there's no way. So the, do the job description was taking kids into the outdoors, like we're going to do like seven-day-long like retreat-style trips, and then working at a therapeutic boarding school, like working four tens, and then having three days. What is it? Uh, is that like kids that are troubled? Or like is so that? We had a lot of like more privileged kids okay. that were struggling with like ADHD, depression, anxiety, um, struggling to make it through high school. Mm -hmm. And the, the program was set up to be able for them to restore credits and then for them to be able to get back into, uh, into college or, okay. or make it into college. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I, I was there for about two and a half years and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So, and then I had an accident. I had, a, I had a slip and fall on the ice and I hit the back of my head and I had a, oh, a very severe concussion. So my eyes were working independently of each other. And oh. yeah, so I, I couldn't keep working. And oh my goodness. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do. And I had a, a really great neurologist that kept encouraging me to like heal. You, could, you just have to just rest and you have to heal. He's like, you can't keep forcing yourself to go back to work. He was like, otherwise it's just gonna keep getting worse. And so, begrudgingly, I listened to him. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's like a, an internal story there, that oh, yeah. struggle. Oh, it was. Like, who am I if I'm not working? What does this mean? The fear of what the future is, all of that tied into one. Absolutely, right. And then having the work ethic that I have, like I was just, mm -hmm. I was, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, uh, a lot of like sitting awake at night and trying to figure out what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, I, well, unfortunately, fortunately, I ended up losing my job. Okay. And so I was trying to figure out, like, okay, what's the next step, you know, and, and I started thinking about starting my own practice. Mm -hmm. And so I had already planned on doing that, but I was going to transition it out a lot slower than, mm -hmm. than overnight. Right. And so, Catalysts are interesting, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I, I was laying there in, in bed, just staring at the ceiling and thinking about, like, I got to make some changes in my life. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking, well, that'd be a cool name. So then I Googled changes and I saw there were some other companies named changes and I was like, okay, I got to figure out something else. And then I kept thinking about, okay, well, what goes with changes? And I was like, well, you can evoke changes. And I was like, that's kind of cool. And I Googled it and nothing came up. Mm. So then um, I was going to speech and occupational therapy. So I did that for about six and a half months in order to get everything back to normal. Okay. Yeah. And then, wow. yeah, after that, I started easing back into therapy. And so at that, po at that point, honestly, I had no money. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And, and you were here? Yeah, I was here in Kalispell. Okay. 
And so what I started doing was outreach. So I started going to people's houses to do therapy. And oh. I started meeting them in the community to do, to do therapy. Is this on your own? Yeah. Or? Okay. This was all completely wow. on my own. I was, I, luckily, I was licensed. Uh-huh. And so I'd meet people at the park. So this was just like an intuitive hit, like, I need to do this. Well, when I was in Massachusetts, I did outreach. And oh, so, that's right. Yeah, I would meet people like in the community and those mm -hmm. types of things. Mm -hmm. And so having the availability to do that here. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing the research on, you know, I, I wanted to take people out fishing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something I'm really passionate about. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything copacetic like I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And so um, I talked to the, to the licensing board of, of Montana and they said, well, if, if you're going to be in pursuit of a fish for any type of monetary value, you have to have a guiding license. Mm. So I started doing the research, <laughs> and it was looking like about a three-year-long process really? to get a guiding license. Yeah. Okay. So I was floored by that, and, and then I thought, okay, well, this is going to put some serious like halt to, to what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I had the, well, I talked to somebody else, and they said, well, if you can get a uh, outfitter to sign off, and they'll vouch for you that you're, you know, legit in what it is that you do, then you can kind of push the process mm, along. Okay. So I reached out to about 10 different outfitters, mm -hmm. and Swan Mountain Outfitters I ended up meeting with Patrick Tabor, mm -hmm. and he ended up um, signing off on everything. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so he helped me get my guiding license, so now I'm also a licensed guide here in Montana. That's so cool. Yeah, it's crazy the way things work out. And you're combining the two. I am. So the outdoors with, with therapy, and then also martial arts with the, with the people that it's appropriate with. Okay. So, yeah, I still yeah. do that. I knew, I saw that as yeah. well. I've seen, like, um, well, that's a whole other conversation, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can jump there. I'm like, do I jump around? Do I not? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I saw, like, where, I mean, I've seen over the years, you've trained for different things. You've, been, you've done, tra you did Muay Thai in yep. Thailand, yep. right? And then for your 40th birthday, you were, I don't know, did you do the fight? Like I saw so all, I, I did. you did, but I saw all the video. Like what I appreciate is you were, you were so transparent with your process. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And you were, you have, this is for anyone to join the group. Evoke Changes Motivation is a Facebook group yep. where anyone with a post motivation can, but you are the main person mm -hmm. who I see that's posting motivation. And I love it. I love that. You do such a great job of finding like a quote or something really quick, which I'm not good at. I like to teach long form <laughs> through my own words, and so I, I so that I appreciate the I'm, difference. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a dear, so straight to the point. <laughs> but I, what I appreciate is like they are, they are right to the point, and then you do a personal lead-in, yeah. which ties it. It's like you're revealing your own journey without actually saying it because. We know about your journey because of the quote you shared. Sure. And so I might be going on left field here, but let's just go here because I, I grabbed one of the quotes yesterday. Yeah. Um, okay. This is not your quote, but you had a lead in that was obviously okay. saying this was indicative of your journey. You said, or the quote says, it's kind of hard to believe that the person living my life 10 years ago oh. is the same person that's living my life today. When someone tells me that people don't change, I just look at them say nothing and smile because I have my own personal experience to prove them wrong. Yeah. Uh, I should give credit. I can't read it that well. Christopher Ferry, I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but my, what I want to do is like, let's open up. Like I haven't seen you in 10 years, but I've seen the journey on Facebook. Yeah. Share a little bit about that. Like who was so, Sean 10 years ago? Who is Sean now? And, and I love that. I guess I'll just say a few things. Like, I think like you are very much like a, 
I'm alpha the right word? Like sure. you're okay, you're alpha he's that. like I'm an alpha yeah. team, dang oh, it. Yeah, okay, so it's like you're you're very alpha 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 male. Like I mean again, my experience with you has always been great. Like mm -hmm. we worked out for three years together, it was great. But you an alpha male sometimes is not exactly the most vulnerable or not willing to go there. They feel like the strength is in like almost it's kind of keeping people at bay like in check a bit but that's actually a self-protection mechanism True. and so the reverse of that is vulnerability which is allowing people like uh, first going within to do the self-awareness and then being strong enough to be to share it openly to help others like that's what i think is so great about a journey of transformation is it seems without a doubt whatever transformation someone has it always turns us to want to share it with others like yeah. that just seems like a rel like that is the way truth works it's like you come more into your heart more into your soul and there's an overflow of let's turn back and where can i put my hand out to help others and so i think that you are an incredible example of an alpha male who has done the inner work and yep. is now a true what sh you showcase what true strength is now because there's not the self-protection mechanism at play in the way that it once was now there's a strength that comes with showing the lessons you learn your what your journey is and it also shows in the life that you've created. Yeah. So I would just love to hear a, a bit more about that transformation. Okay, let's see, go ahead. So the transformation for me really started, I mean, it, it was a big portion of it 10 years ago, but probably another four or five years before that. Okay. So um, I was really struggling with alcoholism. Okay. Like could not stop drinking mm -hmm. and was physiologically addicted to alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like I, I had to wake up in the morning and drink. Okay. In order just to function and make it through my day. Um, flunking out of school, I felt like a complete and total failure. Mm -hmm. And y yeah, uh, I decided to take my own life. And so, yeah, uh, it, two, or, or 1999 is when it was, October. Okay. Um, yeah, I OD'd on a bunch of pills and ended up having to be rushed to the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, stomach pumped and I ended up having to be incarcerated for, I think, four or five days. Okay. Yeah, and I was in the ICU, I think, for three or four days okay. before that. So you weren't necessarily doing any internal processing. You were just no. trying, you were like out. I was out. Yeah. I was I was done, like I, I didn't see any other answers or, or anything. Mm. And so um, first morning that I woke up in the hospital, uh, when I was actually in treatment, um, they asked me to go to a group, and I very begrudgingly went, and the lady started playing Canon and D. And I just felt this warm wave like wash over me. Oh wow, I got chills. Yeah, and I just said, I, I don't ever want to live my life the way that I did before. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I could say it was like overnight, I just never drank again. Right. But that definitely was not the case. Um, I never drank to the extent that mm -hmm. I did. Like, you know, I was definitely a weekend warrior in those were, and, and were you drinking for a different reason post that? Um, well, I, before that, I drank because I was physically addicted to it, and mm -hmm. I had to have it in order mm -hmm. to function. Okay. And so that gave me time to detox, mm -hmm. and it gave me time to like clean out my, my system and, and kind of start seeing what my options were. Mm -hmm. And so I started working for a landscaping company, and then um, I started training martial arts again. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I started uh, hooking up with Nico and training and all of mm -hmm. that, like everything started to change. Mm -hmm. But I still struggled on the weekends. Like, okay. I would start drinking on Friday, and then Sunday, like, I would start trying to detox myself again. Mm -hmm. And then Monday through uh, Thursday night, like, I'd do great, mm -hmm. and then Friday would come around. And that's why, yeah, back in those days, like, it was very hard for me to make it to a Saturday practice. Right. 
Well, I'm still thinking you were doing good, but I'm thinking yeah. like it was an, I, I feel like, tell me if this is correct or not. I feel like it was an arm wrestling match at that point. Oh, if you're yeah. like, I can do Monday through Thursday and then oh, like, yeah. like crash dieting or yo-yo oh, yeah. dieting. You're like, I can do so great for this time, but it's the inner transformation isn't, you're not changing where you're coming from. You're not healing what's, Besides the, phys the physiological, which maybe that was being taken care of, but when it comes to the emotional side, yeah. if you're not shifting why you're going to that direction, it's going to feel like a very much a battle. Well, and that's a, the big battle for me was like that alcohol was that social lubricant where mm -hmm. like I could hang out with people. Mm, okay. And I was afraid that I wouldn't be cool if I wasn't drinking or doing drugs. Oh, you know, okay. And, and I didn't know who I was because I started drinking at a very young age. I was 15 when I started drinking. Okay. And when I started drinking, it was like, I never learned how to casually drink. It's full on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so when, I, when I drank, we drank to party and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And so, like, if one was good, 50 was better. <laughs> My goodness, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I never, never got control of it. So then um, when I started going back to school, you know, I had to chill out quite a bit because, you know, I just couldn't, couldn't function as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started managing a little bit more. Graduate school came around and I told myself, like, I'm done with hard liquor. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, I actually have a tattoo on the inside of my arm that says, it's never too late to change. It has a broken bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. that's powerful. Yep. So October, my, my idea was if I ever go drink or reach for a drink, I can see that and I can remember not to do it. That's awesome. So I decided what I was going to try to do was try to moderate. I was going to have beer and wine. Mm -hmm. And I did that for... I think maybe another four or five years, mm -hmm. and I didn't do much better. Okay. Like, you know, two or three bottles of wine a night. Oh, like gosh, on, yeah. On a weekend, and, and yeah, like Hank Williams says, the hangovers hurt uh, worse than they used to. <laughs> and so as I got older, like, I was just like, I can't do this yeah. anymore. And so uh, when I started practicing as a, as a therapist, um, I didn't like the idea of being hypocritical mm -hmm. and not leading by example mm -hmm. and so i just said like i'm i'm done i'm not gonna do this anymore mm -hmm. and so i decided i was gonna give myself one year to not drink at all okay and yeah so, that doesn't feel like forever it feels yeah. like a, a goal you're it, working towards it, exactly right. and i and i hit the goal and i hit it pretty easily and then it, uh, when i hit the year i was like you know it doesn't really make sense to celebrate by drinking <laughs> and so I decided, well, let's see if I can make it another year. Okay. And I made it another year, and then after that, like, all these amazing things kept opening up. Wow. Yeah. That's, I just got chills. That's yeah. really cool. And I just, I felt the, I felt the reward of being sober. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes about 12 to 15 months for your brain and your body to detoxify, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when I started feeling the clarity, you know, and, and I liked the way I felt, mm -hmm. I just, that was my motivation to continue. I think that's so true for so many things. I think, like, Feeling a contrast from what you are currently experiencing to the contrast of what you could be experiencing, that's what's going to start pull you fast. It's going to pull you faster into the new reality that feels better. Sure. And that's, I mean, that can be for, I mean, people live in stress and anxiety, but they don't know any difference and they don't have that contrast. And if some tools, if they start to adopt tools and create that space and have that different experience, then they're like, oh, I feel it now. Now I can move into that. And so it's like this alchemizing process of like the motivation shifting through that sure. desire. Yeah. And that's a, I, I really, during that time frame, started changing the way that I spoke about things. You okay, know, talk about like, that. So one of the mottos that I say quite a bit is change the way you speak, change the way you feel. Nice. You know, and, and that was a big one is I had a lot of really negative scripts about myself. Okay. Like I would always say, you know, well, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. 
Mm. You know, so like if I had a flat tire, of course, right? It, yeah. it happened to me, yeah. right? Because, you know, whatever black cloud was following me around right. and, and making my days miserable. Right. You know, and, and when the clarity started to happen, you know, and I started recognizing these scripts and these things that I said, you know, the negative self-talk about, mm-hmm. you know, just really not liking myself. Right. I decided that I was going to love myself, mm-hmm. right? And that I knew that I had to love myself before I could love anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's and so, so true. Yeah, and I and I did a lot of work to get there. And where were these were these ideas coming from the school? Like from like where were the ideas coming from? So the because the, they're powerful, and I I agree 100. percent I just want to know like where where you're in one place. Where do these ideas come from? And like the interesting thing is, this is kind of how my brain works. So like when I started studying psychology, mm-hmm. it was like wait, like, nope, not everybody thinks like this, or, <laughs> like, not everybody's brain that works this yeah. way, or not everybody can read people like this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're not necessarily original ideas, mm-hmm. because people have had them before. Right, right, but for you, they had to come into your awareness. There had to be a space for them, so that's what I'm curious of, like, where's that space and drawing that idea in? And it was a lot of sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of nights just kind of sitting awake thinking, like, in my phone, I have pages and pages and pages of just like, you know, motivational stuff that I've just created, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes like I pull stuff from, from other people, you know, but a lot of times like uh, I think of just kind of original things. Yeah, you know? I love it. And, and yeah. I, but uh, this was even back when you are first starting on the journey. Like now I, I'm yes. sure it's coming all the time. So the, the first part of the big of the journey was cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. right? Is being able to challenge those cognitive distortions and recognize what they were, mm-hmm. you know, and, and seeing like if I was catastrophizing something or, mm-hmm. or if I was being very black and white about things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that gave me kind of like a, a framework to work off of. And that was kind of like the beginning uh, process for me. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just kind of took it and I ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, I, I did a lot of it on my own. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of it like on my own, trying to just figure out these things. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not, I don't have anything against it, but I didn't go to AA. Right. You know, I, I didn't work with a therapist for very long. Mm-hmm. Like I, I read a lot of books and mm-hmm. yeah, being in school, you know, and learning all these yeah. types of things was, sure. uh, was a big change. And so, yeah, and then going out in the world. And, and let me just back up one step. What, because what led you to want to go into this type of schooling, this type of profession, like a helping profession, in this particular way? So I always wanted to be a, a therapist in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Like uh, very early on in life, I was diagnosed with a learning disability, mm-hmm. and so I had to see counselors at school all the time. Mm-hmm. And I had some really good counselors, and I had some really, really bad counselors. Mm-hmm. And so I had an interest in helping people. Um, freshman year of college, I had a professor tell me, he said, with your learning disability, there's no way you can pass statistics. He said, you know, the, the, you're not going to be able to get a master's degree, you're not going to be able to get a doctorate. He was like, what you should do is learn a craft. Mm. And I was like, to me, that means I should go work construction. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I wasn't mentally strong enough to really like, that's go, yeah. That's crazy, like how powerful words can be before sure. we can come from our own inner perspective. Yeah. And, and his view changed my direction. So I, I had, slowed it down. Yeah, so I, oh, I had okay. six different majors at that point. Like I went to, after that, I went to culinary school. I went from culinary school, I went to radio, television, and film. From there, I went to criminal justice. And then there's another one in between there. Oh, fire school. Mm. So mm-hmm. like the brother, I went mm-hmm. to school to be a fireman. And then I went back to psychology. 
you know, and it was because I, I kept looking for something because mm -hmm. I kept saying like, I don't have what it takes to, to, to do this in psychology. Mm -hmm. But during that time, you know, like people would always come to me for answers, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so like, I felt like I had a niche for it, right? but I just didn't think I had the drive or the initiative to really finish it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, I had a successful landscaping company. Um, and I got robbed one summer like four different times. Four times? Yeah. And I lost, I think, about $40,000 worth of equipment. Oh and, my and I couldn't figure out what I was going to do. Uh -huh. And so I was at one of those points once again in life where I was like, I need answers. Yeah. Right? And in the mail, um, I received a letter from my college that said that we're, we apologize. We've been having you work on two different degree plans at the same time. Oh, you didn't know that? I did not know oh, that. Oh, my goodness. So they said, if you come back and take three different classes, you can have your associate's degree. Oh, wow. And so that's what started my school journey okay. again. As I, I said, okay, like, I'll go back and I'll take those three classes. And the original plan was I was going to go into construction safety. Okay. Because I thought, like, okay, like, I can still kind of help people and it's an opportunity to make a lot of money, work mm -hmm. a lot of hours and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And so I finished my associates and then I was like... I'm not interested in that at all. Right. And so I applied for my bachelor's, and I, I ended up finishing that. And I was like, I wonder, I'm going to apply to one place and see if I can get in mm -hmm. and for my master's degree. And I did. And then I finished that, and I was like, okay, I'm done. No more. And my professor convinced me to go for my doctorate. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I did three years of that, and then it was like... That's not for me. Nah. I feel like what I love about this story, hindsight's 2020. Sure. I feel like the your soul knew like yeah, it was inside it of you to know and it's like these certain catalysts had to happen that felt not good in the moment like the you know each catalyst made you it forced you against the wall that put you on a path that was more aligned with your soul yep and i think like just to share with whoever's listening like to look at your catalyst for how they can align you realign you with your soul because each of us has this unique calling that we're here to walk out and if we are listening to the professor who says, who says, I'm sorry, Sean, I'm sorry, what, whoever, you don't have what it takes to do X, Y, Z. Like, no, what's in your heart to do, you will either, you either have the skills that will, like, natural ability that will come out, or you will find your way to exactly what you need. Yeah. And anyway, I just wanted to stress that point because I could see it so clearly in oh, your yeah. story. And it's just powerful. It's powerful. Of course, when we look back, it's powerful. But yeah. anyway, continue on. Well, and that's a, at that, and, and I speak about myself in a very honest way. Like, at that point in my life, like, I didn't have the drive to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I had kind of the ideas, and I wanted to do it. If somebody would have handed me my degree, I would have accepted it. <laughs> but, yeah. like, I didn't have what it took to really grind it out and do the work. You know, and, and when I had some real world experience and I worked construction and I had a landscaping company mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and, and there's nothing to pull like I say any type of job is an honorable job. Right. right if you're working. Right. Right. So going from that and then going back to school, I really wanted it. Okay. All right. And so sleepless nights, waking up and going to a class, like I was working for a window washing company and I would wash windows until like 6, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning. My oh first my class was at 8. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was kind of hilarious because yeah. that teacher hated me because I <laughs> fall asleep all the time. Yes. And I had night terrors, and I would, like, throw my papers all over the place. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, he would, he would scream at me all the time and try to get me out of his class. Yeah. But I finally talked to him, and I told him what I did. I mm -hmm. said, you know, look, I work all night, yeah. and I come straight to class. And he said, okay, look, 
and he was from from India. His name was Mr. Kudis. Mm. He said, "If you promise me you'll never do anything in geology, I will pass you." And so <laughs> that's how I passed geology. Oh, uh, that was, is hilarious. Yeah, the promise me I'd never do any work in geology. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my stamp is not on someone going into the world yeah, of geology. <laughs> exactly. So, oh my goodness. Thank you, Mr. Kudis. Yes. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, when I started believing in myself, and I, I think that's true, and I think like. Part of not having the motivation, not that everything's timing, but part of not having that motivation, it was being covered up by not believing it was possible. Sure. So of course, like as you opened up more to be like, hey, this is what I'm here to do, or this is what I desire, that strengthens the momentum. Yep. And if you don't have that in place, that's like suffocating the momentum and snuffing it out. Yeah. You're not allowing it to begin. Yep. And so, I mean, and the, it's true for, any, it works in all forms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy how many times I had these inter uh, interesting interactions with people. Like, I, was, I remember I was working with a welder, and I was working on a two-way Innova uh, for my final. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just, like, about ready to pull my hair out. I had a little bit of hair at that time. <laughs> and he was looking over my shoulder, and he said, well, you're not doing this correctly. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you need to do this, this, and this. I can't even explain it now because mm -hmm. I'm throwing that part away. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you need to do this, this, and this. And I was like, how do you know that? And he's like, oh, it just makes sense. And I was like, no, it doesn't. Like, I've been doing this for four months now, and I'm just now starting to understand it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, my brain just works that way. And mm -hmm. so we started talking, and I was like, why don't, why don't you go back to school? And he's like, I'm a convicted felon. And he said, and I can't go back to school. He's like, I, I wanted to be an attorney. And he was like, but I can't practice law and all that and he was like and so now I'm married with kids and I can't go back and I was like man you should go back I think you're way smarter than I am mm -hmm. and I was like and you can naturally do this stuff and so he so said he was saying he couldn't because like not like the schools wouldn't allow him to like he just didn't believe like where's he going to fit in society if well, he has that yeah and he okay. was saying like legally he didn't think that he practiced law. oh okay yeah yeah and so um yeah it was, it was interesting and, and he just told me he said look you're gonna have opportunities that are gonna open up for you. And he said, because of education and everything, he was like, how you pay me back is you do it. Oh, nice. He was like, and you go to school, you finish, and you live a great life and everything, because mm -hmm. he's like, I'm gonna be 80, and I'll still be working as a welder. Yeah. And I was like, it was, it was one of those moments, like I felt like I owed somebody something, mm. you know? And, and so like the nights mm -hmm. that like I didn't want to study, mm -hmm. and I wanted to go to sleep or whatever, like I thought about, you know, that experience with right. me, and that motivated me to stay longer. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting time. So, but yeah, I, I finally finished school and, and started working in the field and it was everything that I hoped it would be. You know, Very I, rewarding and yeah. just feeling like it was a perfect applica application of your skills and having that create a, help to create and co-create a transformation in others. I think having life experience, I could relate to my clients, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't, I, I had a lot of times people say, well, you don't look like the traditional therapist, mm -hmm. right, or traditional male, male therapist, mm -hmm. right, and, and I guess that image is kind of like Mr. Rogers, mm -hmm. you know, with a little sweater vest and that kind and of stuff. guess what was under his sweater? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> when I first started practicing, I, I started wearing suits all the time, Oh, and okay. it was interesting because then, like, the difference was that I was working in, it really, it was, it was in the ghetto in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, you know, the guys didn't really relate to me or, felt un- or they felt kind of uncomfortable or like I was judging them for no reason. Right. And so I started rolling up my sleeves, right. showing, showing off my tattoos and mm-hmm. stuff. And as soon as they saw that, they'd be like, oh, you got tattoos? <laughs> and then we'd start conversations. That's nice. Yeah. And so, you know, and I would explain to them, you know, look, I've, I've had all types of different jobs in my life and everything. I wasn't always a therapist. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Kind of a trip. I see that all folding together to be like to be a part of the unfolding of what you're here to do as well. Like that allowed for those connections that led to making a difference in their lives. Like sure. it's all perfectly connected, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It lined up in that way. And so I've seen like sometimes you do a couple one-liners in your post. Of course, your little one-liners, <laughs> but you you reference like um, the life you're living now. Of course, it's like it, it could be people would be like. Oh, how does he do that? And you're like, I worked for this. Like, yes. I'm creating this. I want to know more about, like, the intentionality behind creating, like, having, like, the way Evoke Changes works with, you have offices here, you have offices in Texas, you have, op- or I don't know if you have offices in Thailand, but you do trips to Thailand. Mm-hmm. How, and, like, talk about the story of, like, <laughs> how, it, how, it got, how it came about. <laughs> like, how are you, like, what your co-creative process was with your vision, all that kind of stuff. So once again, uh, laying there <laughs> late at night, staring at the ceiling, and I came across a meme that says, create a life that you don't need a vacation from. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is genius. <laughs> and I was like, I wish I wrote that. And I kept thinking about it, and I kept staring at it, and I kept it on my phone, I kept looking at it. And I was like, you know what, Like, I, I want to create a company that I can do all the things that I love and mm-hmm. that, that were therapeutic for me mm-hmm. and, and share that with people. You know, because when I trained martial arts were some of the times that it was the healthiest in my life, right? Even if it was only Monday through Thursday, right? right? During that time frame, I was extremely, extremely disciplined, you know, and, and being outdoors and the connections that I, I had because of that, you know, like spending time with my dad fishing and hunting and all that kind of stuff, just created lifelong bonds and experiences. Right. And so really thinking about that and, and also with the concussion, like I use that as a healing, mm-hmm. you know, to get outside and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I live in one of the most beautiful places. Mm-hmm. But you chose that. I You were intentional about yeah. that. And so hiking and, and getting out and, and kayaking, canoeing and fishing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. and. I was, I was able to allow myself that time to heal. And so I started thinking about like, how I can share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, talk about your healing, let's, let's dig into a little bit of that healing. Okay. That was like that six month process, yes. right? And kind of like, what, I mean, gosh, it had to have been scary, of course. Yeah. You don't, there's no guarantee, like when's this healing end, what's, what's occurring, right? Like, or was there like, like you're faced with like the rubber's meeting the road and applying yep. what you need to apply to like, you're climbing this like, I don't know, like Everest. You don't know the conditions. You just got to keep going and keep that focus and keep going and trust like it's coming together. This is going to feel, we're going to be okay. What was that like? What's going through the mind? So I'm very fortunate that I, I keep, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head, but my neurologist, he just kept saying, it's going to come back at some point. All right? He's like, you just have to trust me and you just have to keep, keep with the process. Mm-hmm. So my eyes were working independently, meaning like I saw two of everything, oh, you know, so you like, have I did, oh, I had oh. horrible, horrible migraines. And so I couldn't look at screens, like I couldn't look at a computer and, mm-hmm. and you know, those are the things that really were preventing me from working. And then also like I was struggling with my emotions, okay. you know, and, and I had, I was in this place 
where I felt like everything that I'd ever wanted, I had achieved. You know, I had, a, I had an amazing job, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was living in this great place, and then all of a sudden, like, it was all taken. Right. And then I was thinking about, like, okay, like, you've been here before, mm-hmm. right, and, and you've been in this place where you have to figure out what you're going to do, so do what you do best. Right, and I started thinking about myself as, as like a client. Mm-hmm. Right, and I started thinking outside of the box and being like, okay, like what would you tell this person to do? And I said, okay, like I allowed myself the time to heal. Mm-hmm. Right, and and listen to what the doctors are saying. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I did that, and slowly, you know, everything started to come back. But that that emotional component took a while. Now go into that a little bit more. What so was going through your head? I struggled with anxiety mm-hmm. really really bad and because of my speech mm-hmm. like I was mixing my words up quite a bit or I couldn't figure out what word I wanted to say mm-hmm. I became extremely self-conscious about it mm-hmm. and it and it prevented me from wanting to engage and interact with other people because I was afraid that I sounded foolish mm-hmm. you know and then I started thinking you know I have a job where I have to talk to people all day long mm-hmm. right and so I started having that very fear-based feeling right. that were starting to take control of me and I just recognized like you know, okay, so what would I tell somebody else to do in this situation? And I was just like, just own it, mm-hmm. right? And so if I said something goofy, I would just kind of laugh about it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd say, oh, you know, okay, like, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my brain, you know, I face things mixed up sometimes. Right. And so then the anxiety started to dissipate. And the more that I trained, you know, and I started doing the, the kickboxing again, training at the gym, mm-hmm. I started being able to regulate the emotions. Because okay. the energy had to go somewhere. Oh, right. yes. And so mm-hmm. when I was able to get that out, like, I just felt better. I felt calmer. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that was that was the big one for me, is, is finding those outlets, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bringing them back in, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I had a lot of them established. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it again because of the eyesight. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, um, jump forward a couple years later, I ended up doing a cage fight. So, were you like, were you scared that you could have re-injured yourself in that particular way? Like that's <laughs> gotta be something. I mean, besides just other injuries, but like this was a big one you had to work through. Yes. So I, I talked to my coaches beforehand, you know, and, and I explained to them like I can't spar a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and and so luckily the the program that I was doing is called Winter Warrior, mm-hmm. and so they take people that have never had like a cage fight mm-hmm. and they train them for six months to be able to do that. Okay. And so we did a lot of groundwork with really everything. Mm-hmm. I mean everything to there's somebody to step in the cage and fight another individual. So in the back of my mind, yes, some of that stuff was there, but I had worked so hard to heal myself, mm-hmm. and I felt so sharp, and I just mm-hmm. felt like everything was falling into place the way that it was supposed to, mm-hmm. that I didn't fear the, I don't want to sound like overly confident, but I didn't think I was going to lose. Mm-hmm. I just felt like inside, like I'm, I'm gonna win, mm-hmm. and you know that I'm gonna be okay and I'm gonna be safe. Okay. And I knew that if I had to, I'd attack. Okay. You know, I knew you that. You would protect. Yeah. You would protect what you, your future, basically. I, I had to protect the money maker. <laughs> yeah. right? I had to protect the, the noggin yes. to make sure that everything was okay. And I, yeah, I knew that if, if it was, in, you know, I was in a bad situation, I was taking unnecessary hits, and mm-hmm. I just tap out. Yes. Okay. And so, for me, it was the experience, like. I had, uh, had lost my best friend, um, and I needed an outlet. Was it, when was this time frame? So this was last year. Uh, a, my best friend died in a car accident. Aww. He was a truck driver and, and flipped the truck and passed away. And 
I mean, I had these really strong feelings and emotions that I needed to get out mm -hmm. once again, mm -hmm. and I needed a place for them to go. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was funny because him and I had done a backyard fist fight for money years oh. and years ago. That's something you used to, used to kind of fight a lot. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> back, back in the day, yes. yes. So, this was not my first fight ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, was my, it was my first legit fight where I knew nobody was going to pull a weapon and try to stab me. Oh, God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. You know, and this was the one you just did, like for your 40th birthday. Yeah, so six days before I turned 40, I, I stepped in the cage and I fought. And you won. I did. I won the I How come I didn't see that part on the... I, I was looking at the videos, like your, your weekly check-ins. I didn't see the... The final? Did you do a final one? Yeah. I just missed it. I guess I missed it. So I think, yeah, I think a couple weeks later I went back and I recapped as far as like how the fight went. Um, and I'm still working on like the video mm -hmm. of the fight and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I and mean, I want to put that one out there okay. also. But yeah, I mean, it was an amazing experience. And I, and I have so much respect for my opponent. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was, a, he was a younger guy. I think he's 21, but he towered over me. Really? Yeah. And I, and I had told my other coaches before, like, I just don't want to fight anybody that's a lot taller than me. Mm -hmm. And so I had told my, my coach years ago that, and I think that he purposely <laughs> set me up with this person, knowing that it was going to be that much more of a wow. challenge. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it totally threw me off my game. Like, really? Because yeah, you don't know your opponent till like that day or Well, no, we actually, we, he was on the opposite team. So okay. we trained uh, in the same place in the same morning mm. and all that kind of stuff. And I okay. kind of got to watch him from a distance. And I knew that I was going to fight either him or, or this other guy that was on my team. Okay. And the guy that was on my team got injured and had to back out that night. Mm -hmm. And then they matched me up with, with this guy. Okay. And so, yeah. I, so then, so that's really interesting. So. How early in advance did you know you were fighting the guy that was taller than you? Um, I think three or four weeks before the Oh, fight. you had three or four yeah, weeks. But yeah, still, we, you had a mindset shift. You had I, to, like, adjust. I did. Yeah. I had to adjust because the guy that I thought I was going to fight, like, he was broader and had more of a ground game. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he was going to try to close the distance to take me down. Mm -hmm. And so I figured this guy's a lot taller than me, that he was going to stand and strike with me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I felt like my kicks, that I would be able to, like, yeah, I figured I was going to be able to take his legs out. Yeah. And I uh, kicked him the first round a couple times, and after that, he threw a right hand straight down the middle, and I was like, I can't kick him anymore. Like, I couldn't get close oh. to him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Everybody always laughs. I'm, I'm built like a T-Rex. Yeah, right. give, since this is audio, we can say, like, what's your height or what? I'll oh, take, okay. We'll take a okay. picture. I forgot to take a picture with you. Oh, you take one afterwards. We'll take so. one with you, though. I'm 5'7", and... Five seven by five seven. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're bulky. <laughs> so I'm, I'm five seven, and and for the fight, I think I weighed in at two twenty or two twenty five. Okay. And so he's six four, mm -hmm. and I think he weighed in at the same weight, two twenty mm -hmm. or something okay. like that. So, but yeah, his distance gave me a lot of trouble, mm -hmm. his reach, and so. Um, luckily, we had worked on wrestling, mm -hmm. and I had told my coaches, like, I don't want to work on wrestling because I want to do striking, so mm -hmm. this is kind of a waste of time. They were like, you're going to need it, and I needed it. Oh. Once again, I had to trust other, other people's opinions. And sounds like that's a theme that had to occur <laughs> in your life. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, I, yeah, luckily I was able to close the distance, take them to the ground, and then I ended up winning by the uh, judge's decision in the third round. Very good. Yeah, it was crazy. Way to ring in almost 40. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that was such a crazy experience. So, and everybody keeps asking if I'm going to do it again, and I don't know. 
Yeah, you're just trying to fill if it's right or not. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I felt like I, I checked one off the box. Mm -hmm. That was that was a big one. Mm -hmm. I had always wanted to do that, mm -hmm. and because of the the drinking, I was never able to like discipline myself mm -hmm. enough to be, really do a camp. Mm -hmm. And so, and then lots and lots and lots of injuries over my lifetime. I I was just since I didn't watch all the check-in videos, but sure. some of them it was like. Maybe you were sick and you weren't feeling well and yeah. you were overcoming that. And I think there was one time you did mention you had an injury or yeah. that training that but you had a good attitude about it. You're like, we're going to work with this. We're going to get through it. Well, and that's what training martial arts, well, the thing that I appreciated is, is I had so many great coaches that would taught me how to be disciplined, mm -hmm. right? And it was like, okay, well, if your left arm is bothering you, you still have a right arm, mm -hmm. right? And, and so you can work around it and do all those things, you know, and, and just figure out how to be able to adapt in that way. And that's a skill that transfers. Sure, and, yeah. absolutely. It's <laughs> applicable to life in so many yes. different ways, right? And so, um, yeah, there was there were several times that I had some injuries going into to this thing. Um, I wish it was a cool story, but I mm -hmm. tore some tendons off of my big toe. Oh. So, yeah, it starts off as a cool story. So I was kickboxing in Thailand. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I clipped it on my bed. <laughs> Man, so, I have hit my toe on a bed before. It yeah, feel good. <laughs> it's an awful feeling. So I was walking. It was, it was my second to last day that I was there. I'd been out there. I'd been training for 14 days. So yeah, I I got up to Chiang Mai in the northern part of Thailand, and I worked my way down to the southern part, and I did a couple of retreat out there for seven days. Okay. And so does that involve martial arts, or is just it, in location on location? Just on location. Okay. Yeah, they ended up not wanting to train or anything okay. like that. And so yeah, I clipped my toe, and I felt it like pull out of place, and then oh. yeah, after that, I, it just kept bothering me. So I went into this thing injured. Okay. You know, and I knew that I was gonna have to work around that, and okay. I also have a torn labrum in my shoulder. And so yeah, like like the I remember doing the tryouts, and I was just like, I gotta suck this thing up and just make it into this thing. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, the first first month and a half, like I couldn't do a lot of the exercises, mm -hmm. or I just really had to struggle through them. Mm -hmm. And and that was great. I mean, and you me. had the mental discipline. I did. To keep showing up. Yeah. That's the important part. And yeah. That's important for all of us. You built, you're an entrepreneur. You have to apply it there as well. Yeah, uh, each decision you got back against the wall yeah. from when something didn't work out in life according to one particular plan. I, I always felt like everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. right? and, and, you know, I had this interesting, I don't remember if somebody shared it with me or somebody told it to me, but there's not anything different between an adventure or an ordeal but your attitude. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. I like that. And I always started thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm a pretty flexible person, mm -hmm. like in the first place. And so as things would happen, I would just kind of try to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and when I found myself fighting those types of things with resistance was usually when I was most unhappy. It's you a good know. telltale sign. Sure. Mm -hmm. right? and, and I think that intuition that I felt a lot of times, like if I would have gone with that gut instinct, mm -hmm. is usually the right decision. Yes. You know. and then you have to, but for so many, we get locked in, or people get locked into, I'll just use my phrasing, the conditioning of the world, sure. or like how life should go. And that covers up intuition heavily if you're just constantly, and that's giving your power to an outside source. Yeah. You're like, okay, the world works this way, or this is what people, this is what you're supposed to do, or this is what people expect you to do. All that starts to cover up your own intuition if you're not practiced at tapping into it and acting on it. Mm -hmm. so once you, but it all can be uncovered. It all can be uncovered. And so, do you feel like you're kind of like always connected to your intuition, or you've had to? 
had to learn to trust it. Trust it. Yeah, that was the big thing. Is like I, I felt um, once again, kind of going back to that script, the whole, the whole negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. Like that, I just didn't believe in myself. You know, yeah. and there was times like where you know, like I would have clarity, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, okay, like you know, I, I should be doing these things, mm -hmm. or, or this mm -hmm. has worked out the way it's supposed to. You know, but when I really started believing, like you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, and and started applying these things in my life and having that flexibility, like, you know, that if something didn't work out, you know, what is the lesson that's supposed to be there? And uh, that's, and those are, so these are conscious beliefs you took on later. It's sure. not, yeah, that's what I, I just want to give thought to that, because sometimes when people aren't being very um, either intentional or self-observant or mm -hmm. self-reflective, you, you aren't peeling away what you're listening to, what you've agreed to believe, what yeah. you've agreed is right for your life. So that self-awareness is so important to begin peeling back those layers. For If you're going to come in alignment with your soul and what you're here to do, you have to be willing to peel that stuff back, question it, peel it back in order to come into that alignment. And so I just always like to highlight that for anyone who's listening, that to, like anyone who's living kind of their unique life, like you're living a unique life mm -hmm. because you've con consciously created it, you listened within, you had the lessons mm -hmm. along the way, but you had to course correct, you had to make decisions to come into that alignment. And you took on thinking and you took on beliefs that supported an aligned living yeah. lifestyle. And so I just want to put that out there to underscore that that's what was going on and how you've created this alignment. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and I like the way it made me feel. Mm -hmm. You know, when I when I started focusing more on the positives, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did feel different. You know, and I woke up and I was happy. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed and, and I slept well. You yes. know, and, and I started feeling more lightness in my life. And, yes. You know, as I started making more conscious choices to focus on the positives, mm -hmm. you know, I felt myself letting go of things from my past. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, like you just said, like, I, even my musical taste is different. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm going to go to the gym, like, I still listen to, like, you know, heavier music mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, but I don't constantly bombard myself with it, mm -hmm. like, like, with these real negative messages yes. in that way, because I do feel like there's a, there's a change that happens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, on a daily basis, I try to find gratitude for something. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, and I, and I share it with people, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I have my set schedule that I do my post for, for Instagram and Facebook and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, like when I first started doing it, I thought, okay, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up this, mm -hmm. you know, because I, at some point I'm going to run out of positive things to say. <laughs> right? right. But and then you connect to a, a wellspring. Sure. Mm -hmm. well, and, and people share things with me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it, I have not had a shortage of, of information, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've started creating it on my own. Mm -hmm. and, and if you go looking for it, you're going to find it. For sure. So whether negative, positive, or whatever it is. It's all a resonance, and it's all, like, what are you emitting is what you're connecting to in the world. I mean, it's just on a very, like, physical level. It's like when you get a new car or you're interested in a new car, you start to see those everywhere yeah. on the road. Yeah. It's the same thing for, that's, that's your, your resonance, your energetic resonance, where your mindset is, where your focus is. That's what you're going to pick up on in your world, and that's as simple as like focusing on positive versus negative mm -hmm. and that negative I mean you can downward spiral negative but with an instantaneous decision that's all it takes it may mm -hmm. look like a lot of work but really mechanically it's an instantaneous decision to shift where you're coming from and that can upward spiral spiral you so fast and you've seen that in your own life you've mm -hmm. seen it from you know 
early and early of getting addicted to alcohol to not believing in, in wanting to be able to follow a degree that would lead through psychology and counseling what you're doing. But then you made conscious choices to shift that to shift that spiral and you upward spiraled it. And now here we are all these years later yeah. living, I mean, you're living the life of your dreams. I'm sure yeah. you have, I'm sure you want to expand. I'm sure you have things that you oh, yeah. paint the picture with more details and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but you're in the flow and in the momentum of moving in that direction. Meeting yeah, those short-term objectives to reach those long-term goals mm -hmm. is always a great thing. Right? Mm -hmm. Like having that carrot dangling in front mm -hmm. of you. Right? And, and like I, I set that for myself, you know, and, and, I, and I still have so many goals that I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. I always want to be working towards something and mm -hmm. I always want to be working and, you know, and, and I feel like as human beings, we naturally need a little struggle, mm -hmm. you know, that if we don't have that, when, uh, we can lose motivation so easily. Yep. Right? If we're kind of working towards something and, and have something that's difficult, you know, like reaching the, the the summit of something is always rewarding mm -hmm. right and, and the climb sucks you know like <laughs> i'm i'm not a hiker i don't you've been things. hiking a lot lately i know i know i have a love-hate relationship with it like I, I love to hunt and i love to and i love what it what it feels like afterwards mm -hmm. but that process i like the grind of it now yeah because you know as i'm going up i'm like this is dumb like why am i hiking <laughs> like, like where am i going and, and what's <laughs> going to be at the top of it and my legs are sore and when i started recognizing like okay i'm going to that negative place again right and you're enjoying it you made a conscious choice to do it first yes. of all, <laughs> yes. right? like nobody's making me with a cattle prod to right. this mountain and so I, I like that mental, grueling, physical part of it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I like my workouts like that. Right. And so, but reaching the top is always that reward, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you look back and you think about the journey and mm -hmm. you see the path and those yes. types of things. And so, yeah, I, I, I love that part of life. Yes. And I think, I mean, I, I agree 100% that growth comes from expanding your comfort zone mm -hmm. and you can become you can become very stagnant if you're just if you become stagnant if you're comfortably safe but you want something else and you're covering it up because sure. then it's like you're just judging your own desire and repressing it and pushing it down but if you can utilize desire which creates self-belief which creates motivation creates all that to pull you forward it'll allow you to look at all the things all the thoughts all the fearful thoughts the limited thoughts that were restricting you mm -hmm. and if you're not kind of like Frustration is not the end game, but if you're not putting yourself in a frustrated cycle, then you're not looking at what what's occurring under the surface. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, for me, I see it as you ultimately you are pushing through and you are clearing out the fearful thoughts and you're clearing it out and you do come to this more like crystallized place where you're expressing from a place of wholeness. Yeah. And there isn't struggle in that, but that is very few souls are there yes. <laughs> and it's um but anyway i just laid it out just like to kind of like put keep like my full thing my full like way of seeing where the path is going and things like that yeah but yeah you're pulling i think like i think desire pulls you through a growth journey true yeah yeah especially if you if you have some direction in regards to what that is mm -hmm. you know and and if you have kind of a an end goal and and have mm -hmm. some motivation to head in that direction exactly exactly how what do you okay so what about for people i don't even know if you if you're intentionally like trying to reach a certain segment of people or not but i feel like there's a group of people that are kind of on that conveyor belt of how society works where you get a job that you 
before you read the quote, you know, before mm -hmm. you read the quote about make love, uh, your job is play, like playing, what was it exactly? Uh, create a life that you don't need a vacation from. Yes. Is that one? Yeah. yes, that one. Most people obviously don't have that mindset. Sure. And so they accept that work is not fun. And so they live in this kind of mindset mm -hmm. of like, work is whatever. Is there a way to like, how would, or if you had something to say to a group of people to kind of shake them up, like maybe they're living that cubicle life because they think that's what life is, but they really have something else they'd want to be doing. They just haven't, they don't really believe the option is there or see that option. Is there a way to like, kind of like shake that up a little bit where you have sure. something to say? So I, I think one, finding gratitude in something every day, mm -hmm. right? And, and hyper-focusing on that, mm -hmm. right? So like, if you're saying to yourself every day, I hate my job, mm -hmm. I hate my job, I don't want to go to work, I'm going to work. Mm -hmm. But you spend 40 hours a week minimum, mm -hmm. right? 40 hours a week at work, it's 40 hours of misery per week mm -hmm. that you're focusing on. Yeah. Right? So like, Just constantly on that spiral, on that frequency. Yeah. Right? So so find something, right? Mm -hmm. Find something in, in, in your work that you will find rewarding or mm -hmm. gratitude on. Or lie to yourself. Or what? Or lie to yourself. Oh yes, like I, and there can, can, there's always like a way to tie it somewhat purposefully if sure. you can. Like even if it's just like you're showing up as a happy person in your environment and that puts a better energy in the workforce. That's purposeful. Like it may not even be directly related to whatever your job description is. Yeah. And it can be like I'm showing up and you're you're interacting with your coworkers and that has a positive sure. impact. Absolutely. Or if, at the end of the week, you get a paycheck. Yeah, that's right? true. I mean, and, and you know, yeah, you're, you're still getting paid for what it mm -hmm. is that you do, right? And exactly. so if that's the reward at the end of the week, that's the reward mm -hmm. at the end of the week. But, yeah, I, I think the big thing is finding gratitude. And then I think also manifest what it is that you want, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and if, if you're not happy with where you're at, think about, okay, so what what can make me happy, mm -hmm. right? What is it that I want to do different? Or, or what is it that I want out of life? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and write those things down, make it real, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of times we have thoughts and then we kind of apply, say like, right. no, nah, you know, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. I've, I've right. done that in so many different places in my life, mm -hmm. right? But when I started writing things down mm -hmm. and really making plans, mm -hmm. right? And, and I still have like the first framework, you know, that I just really thought changes. That's awesome. Uh, and, and trying to create the logo and all those mm -hmm. types of things. I mean, it was very mindful in regards to what I wanted put into those mm -hmm. things. And so, yeah, make it, make it a reality, you know, and, and recognize also it's going to take work. Yes. You know, a and lot you have of to it. want, like, the desire's got to be there. You've got to want it. But sometimes it's just, like, part of the stuff is, like, believing the desire is possible, which means believing in yourself and believing in a supportive universe, a supportive God, a supportive however you, what phrase you want to use. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's a big shift for people because there's a huge scarcity mindset that's still active in the conscious right now, which is, like, this is the box that I have. This is all I can work with. It sure is nice when people make their box bigger, but that's them that's not me but no you can intentionally co-create you you are power you are a powerful co-creator you're powerful in how you can design your life especially where we live you know we live yeah. in america like we have lots of opportunity here and so i think you're a great example of like being a voice for that because you did you had your life going in one direction and you've shifted it you know some were big shifts some were incremental but you thought about what your vision is. You thought about what your passions are. You brought them together and you've created evoked changes. It's 
purposeful, it's passionate, it is what you are here to do, and yeah. I'm sure there will be future iterations of it, but sure. right now, in this current iteration, that's what I'm sure feels good to the soul in what you're doing. Yeah. And so I just think, like, I just want to impart on people, like, from a manifestation perspective, from a happiness perspective, from a purposeful perspective, that you're a great example. Thank you. Yeah. And, um... I know we kind of are wrapping up on, on coming up on an hour here. So maybe first I want to say like you have something else like as this platform. We've got we've got his dog Shooter is here tripping over some of the stuff. Hi Shooter, sweetie. Oh, and um. Like from the line of work that you do or what you feel called your purpose, passion. You have a microphone right now. Like, let this be your platform. Do you have something like some parting words that you would want to share with yeah. people to kind of like influence, make their life better? I mean, change is possible. Really, is what it boils down to. You know, and and that was the big reason why I named my company the way or or, or what I did is because change is possible. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and even if it starts off something so small, mm -hmm. right, of finding gratitude in one thing every day, I promise if you do that for 30 days, mm -hmm. you're going to feel drastically different. And then you'll start looking for other things. Yeah. Right? You'll start thinking about, okay, like, if I change the way that I thought about this, it's changed the way I felt about it. So now I'm going to start applying these things to other things, right? So then I'm going to take a look at my diet. Right? Yes. I'm going to take a look at my exercise. I'm going to take a look at my relationships that I have. Right, and how can I make healthier and, and better decisions for myself? Yes. Right, and, and I'm in a place now where, you know, like, I, I do try to live myself or live, live my life in an optimal way, you mm -hmm. know, as far as, like, what I enjoy, the things that, like, you know, I, I invite into my life, mm -hmm. you know, is I, I really try to focus on the positives. It doesn't mean that I don't have bad days. No, and, that, and that's okay. I yeah. think our purpose is to be willing to see, to shift the bad days, to shift the perspective that's creating the bad days. That's the point. And that's a, now that I actually am thinking about it and I say it out loud, I don't, I can't think of the last time I had a bad day. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because you can shift back. Yeah, because I've, I've had things happen, you know, like obviously if I've lost somebody or anything like that, that's a rougher day. Right. But I, I don't let it, like, spiral me out to the point that I can't function anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I recognize now that I have the ability to, to have, like, control over my feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. right? And I can make a conscious choice that I want to feel something different. Yes. Right? And so because of that, I, I can do things differently. You know, and, and so I don't really have bad days. Right. I've had struggles. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had stuff that comes up. But, yeah, I do make a conscious effort to be happy. And... Mm -hmm. and yeah, I, just I think I, and I think that's another just powerful thing powerful thing to echo is that you have now kind of defined what you value yes. or you know what I mean and I think maybe early on like 1999 you haven't defined what you value at that point yeah. you know and so that's so important for anyone out there is define what you value and and link your align your life with that and it starts with exactly what Sean's saying by being grateful like don't like define what you value and if it feels far from where you are don't get overwhelmed by how far it is get excited that you have clarity and then begin that process of gratitude and that incremental gratitude will create the momentum to start supporting your a greater belief and and you living a life much more aligned with your values yeah and and also like Sean right now you have a thriving relationship too like you've called in everything like you're calling in so much yeah it's so good it's it's so funny and I I don't want to go off on a whole other tangent but so yeah I've I've never married no kids or anything like that and I've had a friend that kept telling me 
write a wife list. Mm. He said, write a, write a wife list as far as like what it is that you want to find and everything. And um, I kept putting it off. Oh. I kept putting off, kept putting off, kept putting off. He kept bugging me about it. And finally I did. And a month later I met my girlfriend. A month later. Yeah. Look, listen to this, folks. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying like you have to say it happens in 30 days. But the point is, is for one thing, he put it off because he wasn't... I'm saying this all in third person. You put it, you put it off because you hadn't decided internally you were ready for it. Yeah. When you decided to do do the list, list you energetically said, "I'm ready and I'm open and I'm clear," yeah. and that created the space for that alignment to occur. Yeah, I kept I kept focusing on work and and all those types of things, and you know I think there was a part of me that. Yeah, I just didn't know if I was ready, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as I really wrote the list out and was completely honest, um, she checks everything off. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy when I think about it, but yeah, and... Yeah, and to find out more about the girlfriend, Miss Danielle DeLeon, she was also on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but again, thank you so much, Sean, for doing this. I Absolutely. think, like, I love what you're doing. I love the life you're living. I love the example that you're giving to others. And I want people to tune into this podcast. We'll put in the show notes the links to Evoke cool. Changes. Appreciate and you, where do you, where can people connect to you? Do you want them in the Evoke Changes motivation group? Do you want them on your personal, like all of it? Where yeah, everything. You? Okay. Right. No, <laughs> so I, I mean, I so I have a website. So if people are interested in booking trips or or therapy or life coaching, mm -hmm. they can go there. And then also, yeah, if you if you need motivation, go to the motivation stage mm -hmm. on on Facebook. Uh, there's also Instagram that kind of is mm -hmm. mixed together. Mm -hmm. And then I have an adventures page also on there. Mm -hmm. So if people do trips and those types of things, they can post stuff on there to keep other people motivated. Perfect, perfect. All right, well, thanks again, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We are the love, we are the love we the music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are the Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.